Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach. My name is Rob Riles and I'd like to welcome you back to our weekly programme, our weekly podcast about leadership, about management, about coaching, specifically in football, but basically in any sport that you care to bring to the table and about life in general. So what we're going to do today is dive into some more great content we talked uh, in our last one of our last programs about mastery and leading on from that today I want to talk about another book because as you probably found out from what I said last time is that reading has been a, a great blessing in my life and one of the books that I was recommended to read a short time ago probably about a year actually was a book called Legacy written by a guy called James Kerr who I believe was blessed with the ability or, or given the the authority to actually live in with the All Blacks as a very, very key part of their life together in um, some real key moments. And he wrote a book called Legacy, subtitled What the All Blacks Can Teach Us About the Business of Life. And this book certainly lived up to all I was told about it. It's so, so powerful. And... I want to share some key messages from this book, some bright lines and some standout things that actually really made a difference to some of my thought processes and really resonated with me. Having read through the book in order to do this podcast, what struck me was that virtually every chapter has the ability or has within it the content that's facilitated in me so much thought process that I could almost do a podcast and expand and extrapolate on every single chapter. But I'm going to pick the bright ones out, the big ones that stood out for me. So what was the first chapter that stood out for me? Well, it was actually the first chapter in the book. And I have the book with me, and I'm going to refer to it. And the first chapter in the book was entitled Character. Now, I don't know about you, but when we're talking about the absolute pinnacle of sporting achievement... And in this case, we're talking about rugby union and we're talking about a team called the All Blacks that anybody who is in the world of sport at any level will will, will have an understanding of and will have a, a knowledge of at some level, whether you're a rugby union fan or not. We all know who the All Blacks are and I'm sure we could all paint a picture of the All Blacks. And it was of no surprise to me, but it kind of reinforced an awful lot of what I believe that the first chapter in the book was called Character. And the subtitle of the first chapter was called Sweep the Sheds, Never Be Too Big to Do the Small Things That Need to Be Done. And I want to share with you a little story as to why this chapter had such an effect on me personally. I don't know how many of you will remember a gentleman who was a no-nonsense, very, very successful defender in professional football called Noel Blake. Well, Noel in his latter career went on to be a very successful 
coach and I was fortunate enough to be part of Noel's backroom staff when he was working with the England development squads. And Noel created an awful lot of success in his time and I thoroughly enjoyed working with him. And one of the things that Noel used to do at the end of training sessions, at the end of games specifically, was so the game's finished, the referee's whistle's gone, the players have cooled down, they've been in the dressing room, they've started to recover, get their recovery drinks, the medical staff have checked them over and, you know, they've showered, they're getting their kit together, taking the socks off the tape, all the rest of it, and starting to do do the um, logistics of getting on the bus and, and starting to recover and getting some nutrition into them. And what you'd find in the quiet of the dressing room was Noel, the head coach, with a sweeping brush in one hand and a dustpan in the other, was quietly going about the business of what the All Blacks call sweeping the sheds or cleaning the dressing room so that we would leave the dressing room in exactly the same state as it was when we found it, if not better. And this is something that I found myself doing, whether that was with Noel or with other members of the backroom staff that took on that that mantle of leadership. We just do that anyway. And that became part of us. And people did sometimes comment to say, Blimey, you know, do you realise that you're the only nation, you're the only team that ever does this? And... That was a great little compliment, but it wasn't about that. It was more to do with personal pride and the fact that I could no more, just like Noel, could no more walk away from a dressing room that looked like it was um, a rubbish tip with drinks bottles and tape and perhaps the odd sock and, and dirty mud and um, grass left all over it for somebody else to clean up. No, we wanted to leave it in the best state possible. So we'd sweep it, we'd sweep it out, we'd find a dustpan, we'd sweep it up, we'd find a rubbish bin and we'd put everything into it. And if there was any any nutrition bars left over, any drinks left over, then we'd make no bones about it. We'd share that with um, with people who were, who were perhaps in the building um, who could make use of them. So that's what we used to do. And when I read this chapter, I opened the book, first couple of pages, what do they talk about? They talk about sweeping the sheds. And I just want to share something with you from the first couple of pages of this book. So here are the All Blacks who have just reached the pinnacle of their sporting achievement. And the book goes on to say that while the country is still watching replays and school kids lie in bed dreaming of All Blacks glory, the All Blacks themselves are tidying up after themselves, sweeping the sheds, doing it properly so no one else has to because no one looks after the All Blacks. The All Blacks look after themselves. Now, I don't know about you, but that was one powerful, powerful set of statements. And I suppose having spent time at an elite level in a sport and spent time sweeping dressing rooms out as part of the process and the culture of what we created, and then reading the fact that the All Blacks did it as well, that kind of made me feel pretty good. I thought, well, if it's good enough for the All Blacks, then it's definitely good enough for us. So yes, a fantastic achievement. And as it goes on to say a little bit further down, a collection of talented individuals without the personal discipline, i.e. the personal discipline to do the things like tidying the dressing room, sweeping the sheds, will ultimately and inevitably fail because character triumphs 
over talent. And again, I don't know how, how many of you have ever had that come up in your life where you understand or you see or you've been in a situation whereby you had or come across a very talented individual who hasn't got the same amount of matching discipline in their character and you can virtually guarantee that at some point down the road there will be some kind of disaster or there will be some kind of challenge that is too much for that player to overcome because they may have the physical and technical abilities to achieve but they haven't got the personal characteristics to sustain any level of success anywhere because in life it isn't just about having technical ability at anything it's about having the character that goes along with that that's interwoven into your being so that you can maintain a level of ability uh, a level of success shall I say that may be contributed to by your levels of technical and physical ability but needs to be sustained by your character now, the next chapter that absolutely jumped out at me was a chapter called Ritual. The All Blacks have a number of rituals, and I won't go into all of them, but they have a number of rituals that they say they ritualize to actualize. So by doing certain things that they know are successful, and they repeat them and repeat them and repeat them, and repeat them they create rituals and those rituals themselves are very very small and very very incremental but done repeatedly create success especially when you add together many many rituals all of them on their own successful but when added together create a culture of success that almost guarantees great results now those rituals you will have in your organization whether they're done they're successful rituals or they're just rituals i don't know but one of the things and just to relate to this is that before my players step over that that white line one of the rituals that they know i have is are your boots tied are your socks pulled up and are your shirts tucked in now how much that contributes towards a great technical performance in an 80 or 90 minute game, boots tied, socks pulled up, shirt tucked in, I don't know, maybe it's 0.02%, but it's no good if you're kneeling on the ground, tying your boots up, your team's a man down. And if you feel a little bit better about yourself because you think you feel you looked apart because your socks are pulled up and your shirt's tucked in and you think, you know what, I look a million dollars, Maybe that contributes towards a better performance. Now, I don't know what the rituals are in your club or what rituals you can in, inspire in your club or bring to your club or your players or your organization, but I'm sure there are some. And in the legacy book, the All Blacks, they talk about inspiring leaders, establish rituals to connect their team. So things that actually make the individuals feel part of a team. And that might be things that the team do the team like to do and it doesn't necessarily have to be to do with the actual sport itself it can be something they do in downtime together or after training or before training or how they warm up it can be anything 
it creates a culture. It becomes a core narrative. It reflects, reminds, reinforces, and reignites their collective identity and purpose. How powerful is that? That the All Blacks have a set of things that they do that are established rituals that connect the team, that reflect, remind, reinforce, and reignite their collective identity and purpose. So that those individuals don't just feel like they're John Smith and Fred Bloggs and Joe, whoever. They feel like they are part of the All Blacks. Now, just because they're the All Blacks, that doesn't make them different than you. Because you can create your own identity. So what is it you think that you can do in your organization that will make a small incremental baby step towards establishing your own culture that reflects and reminds, reinforces and reignites your team's collective identity. It can be a little thing you do before you go out onto the pitch. And teams do that. And maybe you can begin the process of finding out what yours is and implementing that. Now, these rituals don't have to be anything special, but they do have to represent you and your team. They have to be to do with you. So I don't recommend that you go out and just find something that you like that another team does. What I recommend you do is create your own. And just as the final few lines of the ritual chapter in the legacy state, maybe this will help you a little bit. Leaders can use rituals as a challenge to their opposition and to themselves to add to the legacy, to embody a belief system. So by creating your own equivalent of the hacker, so we know the hacker, the ritual, probably the biggest ritual that the All Blacks go through, leaders can attach a sense of personal meaning and belonging to the organization's overall purpose. Wise leaders look for ways to ritualize their enterprise, to find vivid, visceral processes that bring their ethos to life. So what what little things could you bring into your organization that is a ritual that's unique to you that would embody what it is you believe in and what you're trying to achieve? So there's a little challenge. I'd like to think that boots tied, socks up, shirts tucked in is a little ritual that contributes a little bit towards my team's success or our team's success. And having read that again, I'm determined to go out and find some other little things that will be little small success habits that we can ritualize and make them part of our culture. So what else is in this book that's phenomenal? The last thing I want to talk about is the last chapter. So we've talked about the first chapter, which is character. I've talked about another chapter, which is about rituals. And the last one I want to talk about is called Legacy. And it's the same title as the book. And the subtitle goes on to say, at the same time as the spiral is going forward, it is also returning. Write your legacy. This is your time. And for me, what that's saying is that no matter whether you believe it or not, no matter whether you think you're writing your legacy, you are. Now, whether that's a great legacy or a mediocre legacy or a legacy that will just be forgotten, that is another thing. But no matter what, you are writing your legacy. Just to put this into as much context as possible, I make no no, no apologies for this because this is powerful stuff. 
So the first lines of this chapter, when a player makes the All Blacks, they're given a book, a small black book, bound in fine leather and beautiful to hold. Powerful image. The first few pages are a visual reminder, layered with meaning, to remind of the principles, the heroes, the values, the standards, the code of honour, the ethos, the character of the team of the All Blacks. Now here's the kicker. The rest of the pages are blank, waiting to be filled. It's time to make your mark. It's time for your contribution. It's time to leave a legacy. Your legacy. So here's this new All Black, brand new, at the top of his game, real excited, joining what he considers to be the greatest club in the world. And he's given his black book. And in the first few pages of that black book are the people who've gone before, the people who've created the legacy that he is now stepping into. And he's given this book and the majority of the pages are blank. And they're left blank on purpose because that is the reminder that what that player is doing by joining that elite organization is stepping into the arena. And what he does next in the next few seconds, the next few minutes, the next few days and weeks and months, and hopefully years for him or her, is to add to that legacy. So what is it that you're doing that is adding to your legacy? And it doesn't have to be life-changing in one go because those things don't really occur. Life-changing experiences and great, great contributions and legacies occur, in my humble opinion, one tiny little baby step after another, done well, done ritualistically, done time and time and time again that over a long period of time, over the, the journey of ups and downs and games and training sessions that leave something that's lasting, that people can hold on to, people can look back on and people can value and can say, yes, that worked, that was great, that was done then, we still do it now, and that came from this particular person. Now, you may not be looking for glory, you may not be looking for the adulation, but believe you me, you are creating a legacy. And I know the difference. I personally know the difference when I've just turned up for training sessions and I've felt fatigued and I've had a bad day and I've got this challenge on my mind and my mind's here and I've just gone through the motions with the players. And embarrassingly, but as a human being, I hold my hand up and say that I've done that. And it occasionally still happens but at least I'm aware of it. And I also know the time when I've dug deep, I've got into it, I've tied my boots up, I've gone out onto the pitch and I've given everything I possibly can to create a positive outcome in a training session. And I'm sure that all of you out there, whether you're leading, you're managing, you're coaching, you're doing all three and whatever sport it is you're into, is that you can recognise that but remember that you're leaving a legacy. So a powerful reminder for me, a powerful reminder. So great book, can't recommend it enough. And having gone through it, I'm determined that if there's any more time, I'm going to dedicate another podcast to other powerful character 
building items out of that book. Just some great chapters, phenomenal stuff. So James Kerr's Legacy, enjoy it, get a copy, and I guarantee you'll get some things out of that that will change your practice and change the way that you do things and um, will contribute enormously to your success. So, great. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the content. I'll catch you later.